Okay. So we're talking about the genealogy here in Luke 3, verses 23 to 38. And we had observed there are several interesting aspects to it. This is genealogy that goes backwards from normal genealogies. Normally it's the father begets the son, begets the grandson, and so forth. But this starts with Jesus and works its way back up. Because really, in this case, Jesus, the descendant, is who gives his ancestors their significance. And uh, so that's kind of a unique thing about this. And, uh, you know, it goes all the way back up to Adam. You know, the genealogy in Matthew just goes to Abraham. So this is really showing Jesus as, you know, a you know, human being, all the way back to Adam, who was the son of God, which is kind of interesting because Jesus, obviously, in his own way, uh, special way, is the son of God. Seventy-seven names in this genealogy. We pointed that out. So that's uh, symbolic significance. The thing that's complicated about this, though, that makes us scratch our head, is that Luke's genealogy and Matthew's aren't the same, like they don't have the same names in them, from David to Jesus. But that doesn't seem right. I mean, how could you have more than one, you know, set of ancestors? I mean, you, you know... You have what you have. So how did Jesus go through two different lines to get back to David? One, one of them, the one here, it's through Nathan, uh, from David to Nathan, who was David's son. And in Matthew, it goes from uh, David to, to Solomon and goes that direction. So there's lots of theories about that. I mean, one of the more common ones, especially older ones, is that maybe one gospel is following Joseph's lineage and the other one's following Mary's lineage. And that that would account for the difference. That would be at least theoretically possible. They both seem to be following Joseph's, I think. But maybe that's the case. Um, Some have suggested that Luke was more a biological genealogy and Matthew's following some kind of a throne succession sort of a genealogy. Um... Here's a problem, though, for almost any theory. Um, if you look at this one in Luke 3, and you come down to verse 27, the son of Joannan, the son of Reza, the son of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, the son of Neri. Okay, now look at it in Matthew 1, and this is weird, uh, because you've got, in Matthew 1.12, Shealtiel and Zerubbabel, in this one. But you've got Shealtiel here in, in Matthew being uh, the uh, descendant of Jeconiah. And over here in um, Luke, he's the son of Nuri. And Zerubbabel's son is Risa in Luke. Zerubbabel's son is Abihud in Matthew. So they coincide in two names and then diverge again. How does that work? You know, because, say, if one's Mary and the other's Joseph, that still doesn't really answer how that happened. How did they coincide and then diverge? And so this really presents, you know, difficult questions. Anybody got an idea? It's possible that it was a different Zerubbabel and Shield Teal. I suppose that's true. Well, I mean, certainly possible. Look at the verse 29, uh son of Levi, the son of Simeon, the son of Judah, the son of Joseph. I mean, those are all brothers in another family, and right. yet they're all in order here, back to back. 
Yeah, I suppose that's a possibility. Zerubbabel and Shealtiel aren't quite as common in names as some of those are. And they are back-to-back. So, but, I mean, anything possible is possible. They are different, Shealtiel and Zerubbabel. <clears throat> Any other thoughts? Well, here's a possible thing. This would be a little unusual, perhaps, but it's not unheard of. We may have a leveret marriage or and and or adoption sort of a situation where the biological lineage is not the same as the official lineage. If a woman die, if a man dies childless and the widow marries his brother, the son is literally the son of the brother that had him, the, you know, but he's officially the son of his deceased father, so to speak. And uh, so in a, an elaborate marriage or an adoption situation, you could have something like this. The, I'm just throwing that out. I mean, the, uh, there's no way to be sure. Clearly it shows that Luke and Matthew were written independently. I mean, they, they didn't get together and concoct some story. These are, you know, real historical documents, and they didn't, they weren't trying to make sure there weren't any discrepancies. Uh, so that, that's, you know, helpful to us in that sense. But we're just not really sure why, why the discrepancy from, uh, Joseph back to David. From David on back, uh, it's the same to Abraham, and then of course we go from Abraham all the way back to Adam here in Luke. Thoughts and comments on the genealogy? <coughs> All right. Well, well I, I have a thought or comment. Speak. I have a thought or comment. Thought it out, then. <laughs> well, they got it. <laughs> so, if it was a leveret situation, that would have had to happen twice. Yes. Twice. Yes. With what? David's son would have been the first one. No. Well, I'm saying. Son of Nathan, so like it would have to Joseph, and it would ha- I think it would have to be uh, in connection mm-hmm. with uh, Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel and and Shealtiel. That's I think that's where that would need to happen. Maybe it would have to happen again with Joseph. That's true, but it's le- it's at least multiple. It would not be just one. Okay, and then the second question is, so when we always say that, you know, Jesus descended from the kings and, you know, God was preserving the kingly line, like, he may not have biologically descended through them. Well, he descended in some way. If we say he descended through the kings, it would be a, the official genealogy, not necessarily biological, if there was some difference. You would want the legal genealogy to prove your kingly inheritance. And it's possible in a leverate marriage situation or something like that, that it wouldn't be the same as the Bible. So legally, you'd be the dead man's son. Right, that's right. Or an adoption situation, too. You know, you'd legally be your adopted father's son, even though oh, you're physically yeah. the yeah. biological yeah. father. So, you know, you've got just different possibilities. We have no way to know. You know, we have no good, you know, evidence on this. I'm just throwing out possibilities and ways to think about it. I mean, I realize it's not worth a whole lot, but that is a discrepancy noticeable enough that probably needs to be talked about at some point. All right, any other thoughts that we've thought of, uh, thinking about thinking of? Or? I'm, I'm done thinking. Okay, well, it's been nice the experience. All right, so now we've got Jesus. After his baptism, what's the next step? Well, I mean, you, all of you have been baptized. Um, 
you know, you enter into a new life. And how do you expect that to go when you're baptized? What's your, what's your, what did you feel like as soon as you were baptized? That everything would be perfect. Yeah. For at least some period of time. It's so exciting and things are going to go well. This is going to be awesome. And it doesn't always work quite that way, does it? And it sure didn't here. As soon as Jesus was baptized, that's when Satan started to attack. And think about it. Why would your obedience to Christ, you know, lessen your temptations? If you were Satan, who would you tempt most? The person who's starting to do what's right. So that's what happens in this case. So let's uh, break this down kind of a step at a time. Would somebody read chapter 4, verses 1 to 4? Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness. 